Senator Kazari, we learned last time about the mitzvahs, which we call shikhlias, the mitzvahs which a person would do without being instructed, and therefore they're incumbent on every human being to do, because every person is considered to be a balseichel, and therefore those things which morality or human decency demand are something which applies to non-Jews as well. We could even, as we said, explain that the Shemitz Menach are all in this category. Murder, theft, adultery are all mitzvahs which a person can understand on his own as well. So he says that the other category is mitzvahs which are elokias. In other words, mitzvahs you only have because these are mitzvahs which Rafa gave us. And that's what we know about them. And that's was specifically given to Klai Yisra. And we saw that's what makes Klai Yisra unique. And therefore he says one example in the categories of Brismila, of Milad. Brismila is not something a person would think of on his own. On the contrary, the Machshava, the the original way of looking at it, a person's initial reaction would be that not to do a bris. Hashem creates it very perfectly. Why would he want to change it? And therefore, the necessity for a priest is only because it's tzivui. And therefore, he says, that becomes the symbol of Klai Yisrael. But if you do mitzvahs, which we mitzvah, even if there isn't a basis, so to speak, on human understanding, why we would do it. And it doesn't mean to say we're only talking about chokin. A chok is something which, even after HaKadosh Baruch Hu told us what to do, we still don't have a reason why. And we do it because the fact Hashem told us. Whereas a lot of mitzvahs, we could have a reason why Hashem told us to do it, but then following the fact that Hashem told us to do it. In other words, you wouldn't have had the reason up front. It's once it's a tzivui, so now we understand what Hashem instructed us. And the bris is in the same category. We can give reasons for the bris. We can give reasons that it perfects the body. We can give reasons it takes to the ola. We can give reasons that it's a mark of avdus. Whatever you're going to say, it's machlish Sahara, Whatever, whatever tiny one wants. But these are all reasons which follow the mitzvah. These aren't reasons which precede the mitzvah. And therefore, the basis is if you wouldn't have done it, Hashem would told us to do it. Now, on this we get the Khazari and Ches. Amar Khazari. The Amis Kibalti Matera Zayis He says, it's true, you're Makabal the Torah, the Jewish people were faithful to the Torah. And you put a lot of effort into keeping the Torah, but Makedin, Barabim, all together in big crowds, Bizdaminila, Neshavechalel, Veliska Shashav, also Babracha. Now he's talking generally about the fact that Klaish will keep mitzvahs, but specifically about Brismila. And that is, Klaish will keep the Brismila, the Simcha, with lots of people, they make a surah out of it. Because, as we said, if this is a symbol of our connection to Hashem, so then, like the Gemara already says, that the mitzvah of Shkayish will become the Simcha, and one of them is Brismila, Sasarechal and Brisecha, the song of the Brismila, and therefore we still do it for Simcha. It still has that feeling of, it still has that feeling that we do, that Bris is a Simcha to do, and we fulfill it with Rabbim, like we said with the Suda, it's a shy important to discuss. The Shmalu Pras Tarchali Damas Lechem. Yishmael and Pras, they also try to be similar to the Yishmael and Mosav of Brismila, for example. And what do they gain from it? 
they gave him the tzai, the pain of the of the wound which was inflicted, without the hana. It's true, the breast may be painful, but it's offset by the hana we get if we make a breast with Hashem. And therefore, since we have the reason why we're doing it, and we have the gain we get from it, so that's worth more to us than the tsar, which is temporary and physical, which comes from the rise of the Vetsa. And he says, the goyim, they, comp- they compared to us by the action that they did, also the Brismila, but without the rationale. And if that's the case, it's just a source of pain, and not a source of any kind of spiritual hanor or pleasure, because they don't see what they're gaining for what they're doing. So it's just an act of religious ceremony, which is only a tzach. And therefore, it's not a sign of simcha, which is, uh, is ba'as, because ba'as, we have the tzach, but more than the tzar, we understand the value of what we're doing, and that gives us the simcha what we're doing. And even though we're talking about bris here, this applies to other mitzvahs as well. For example, let's talk about Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur, to a certain extent, is a tzar. It's a fast, and people feel weak on a fast, or they're hungry, or thirsty, or whatever it may be. But on the other hand, what do we get from Yom Kippur? We get a tremendous smile. We get kapara from Araberus. We get a chasim, a guarantee of a good din. And uh, we get an opportunity to miscarriage to Hashem in a way which we don't have the rest of the year. So, as much as it may be difficult physically, but the value of Yom Kippur far, far outweighs the difficulty which goes into keeping Yom Kippur. Whereas, the idea of a fast day has made its way to other religions as well. The Arabs have a whole month of fasting, so they have the Tsar but without the same concept of what the fast is giving them. Without the Hanoi Ruchnis which comes together with it. Just for example, there's a certain elevation that we feel when we get to Ne'ilah. We've spent a day of Kirvat Hashem and it makes a difference. Now we feel Karav to Hashem. And when a person does feel like that, then for sure he feels that he would gladly give up eating for a day and in being involved in physical activities and doing Malachah. To spend the day being mistabic to Hashem and gain that feeling of kirva. Whereas for the Arab who spends the day that he's fasting, engaged in his regular activities, doing his normal job, so it doesn't have that same misalus ruchnis. He fasted, he affected himself. He doesn't come out with the same spiritual effect of it. Which means it's just a, it's just a religious ceremony which is difficult to, to maintain, to keep up. But it doesn't come with the Hanah that we get. And the reason for this is because this is really the principle which the Khazari said before and is going to say again in the, the, the Chavaz about itself in the next line and that is what separates Yiddishkeit from other religions. And the difference is that when other religions looked to emulate, to copy, to be similar to Judaism, they took the actions we do and they did the same. But it was only a matter of comping the actions. The effect of those actions they can't copy. So they saw we have a brismida, they also want a brismida. The days we fast, they also want to fast. And so on. But they can, be, so to speak, make a, a parallel track 
if I wants to call it that, which is similar to Yiddishkeit, as far as the activities go, but not as far as the results. And the reason for this is Pashat. And the reason is, as I've said many times, that the results call it Kedoshi upon once, when he comes from Hashem. What we can do with the actions we do is prepare ourselves so that HaKadosh Baruch Hu can send down that Kedoshi. But Kedoshi is not something people can generate. And therefore, when we're doing what Hashem wants, then He's going to respond by being Mekadoshas. But for a different religion to develop and invent its own mode of conduct, its own laws and ceremonies, it may create the laws and ceremonies, but there's not going to be any condition which comes down from Hashem for that. And therefore it remains empty. It remains a religion of superficiality. It remains something which is just a veneer of a comparison to Kal Yisrael. In fact, that they have similar requirements or similar ceremonies, but there's nothing to be gained from their ceremonies. It doesn't fulfill its adherence with a sense of closeness, a sense of connection, a sense of elevation, a sense of Kedusha. Because people can't do that. Only HaKadosh Baruch Hu can provide that. And He'll only provide it for those who are doing what He wants in order to enable them to receive it. And therefore, in the famous words that the Chav is about to tell us, He says, let's read it in Siftes, Amr HaChav V'chein Shara Dimyonim in other ways that the other nations want to compare themselves to us, they can't. They chose different days as their days of rest instead of Shabbos. The comparison between their religion and our religion is this comparison of a statue to a living person. And it's a very good analogy. Because if you're an artist and you can create the likeness of a person in wood or in stone or in clay or in wax, whatever it might be, so it might look just like the original. If you go to one of these wax museums and you see uh, representations of very various people, they might look very close to what the original person looked like. But that's as far as it goes. It's only an outside comparison of their physical appearance. A living person can walk, he can talk, he can move, he can see, he can think, he can hear. A wax model can't. So you've created something which looks the same, but it's very, very different. One is a lifeless statue, and one is a living person. And yes, the artist can't create the living person. Just the model just the monument. And that's exactly the same thing. Religions which try and model themselves in Yiddishkeit can create a very similar, if one wants, statue, monument. But it's lifeless because the Kayach and the Kedusha and the elevation which one gets from keeping Torah Mitzvahs, they can't give because it's not something that people can provide. It's something that Kaddish Baruch Hu does when we do what He wants us to do. And therefore, making something different as a, as a series of ceremonies or as religious observance is creating something which may look similar on the outside, but in reality is very, very different. And there's another example that gives the Shabbos. It's true that the Goyim tried to copy us, 
the Muslims took Friday and the Christians took Sunday. But there's a world of difference between the way they celebrate their day of rest or their day of whatever you want to call it, the day which is holy, as to compare to the way we celebrate Shabbos. Firstly, the concept of what a day of rest is meant to be. Is it just meant to be a day of not doing work? Or is it a day focused on Kedusha? And for a Jew to keep Shabbos, so by not doing Melacha, and by keeping the requirements of Zachar Bishamar that we're meant to do when we keep Shabbos, so that brings us to a closeness of Kirvas Hashem of Shabbos. Uh, like we say in the It's not just Menucha, a day of rest, a day where we can sit on the beach or play, or play sports or do nothing. It's a Menucha which brings us to Ava, to love of Hashem. It's a Menucha which strengthens our Emunah. It's a Menucha which brings us, like we say in the Davli, to a clearer recognition of Emes. How does Shabbos do that? How does Shabbos do that? Because, that, once again, that's the spiritual potential which our Kodesh Baruch creates in Shabbos. That just, that when we keep the Shabbos, so Kodesh Baruch provides that spiritual part of it. Just like Hashem is Makadesh Yisrael. Hashem is Makadesh HaShabbos. Makadesh. He provides Kedusha. And that's the same thing we said before. Only Hashem provides Kedusha. Now we had it recently, Barsh Kedoshim. We see an interesting insight. The Torah tells us, Kedoshim to you, Kedoshim to Yashem. You should be holy, Kedoshim is holy. And what does that mean? That's the reason, or that's the process? So what are you meant to do? What are you meant to do to become Kedoshim? How do we become this mitzvah? So if you look in Parshish Kedoshim, you'll see that the mitzvah of Kedoshim to you wasn't just a random mitzvah in a list of mitzvahs, which opened the parasha. You'll see the parasha finishes with exactly the same point. We should be holy because I Hashem am holy. Which means the pasuk Kedoshim to you is a heading. It's a heading and all the mitzvahs which come afterwards in the parasha are pratim, are specific examples of how to achieve the overall goal which is to become Kodesh. And therefore the Pasha begins and ends with the same principle. It's like a Klamath protocol. The point is to become Kodesh. These are all the specific examples of what one needs to do to become Kodesh. And then we come back to this, this, the conclusion and therefore doing all these things you'll become Kodesh. So, let's look at the mitzvahs of the Pasha and see what about them makes a person Kodesh. And we'll see, and this is interesting, that if you look at the mitzvahs in Pashat's Kedoshim, you'll see many of them are mitzvahs which came out of plans in the Torah too. Shabbos and Kibbut Avayim, and being honest and not stealing, and being fair and justice, and giving to the poor. These aren't the only times the Torah these mitzvahs come. So what brings them together here, under the heading of these things make you Kodesh? It's something we said in the Pashat's Kedoshim, but it's a principle which is negated as Kazari. 
And the answer is that the mitzvahs in our parasha fall into the category about which the Torah says about them. Either v'yareis ha-melekecha or aniyasha. Either that you should be afraid of melekecha or aniyasha. I'm Hashem. I'm Hashem who knows what you're doing. I'm Hashem who's instructed you and is going to check up on you, whatever the case may be. Which means mitzvahs, which are expression in the fulfillment of our level of Yerushalayim. Our level of awareness that our Chodesh Baruch Hu is with us and watching us and judging us. And if that's the case, we already have the price of Rafiqas bin Yair, which is expounded on in the Mitzvah Sishorim, where it says that Yira may be like Kedusha. That level of Yira, of awareness of Hashem's presence, always brings a person to Kedusha. And therefore we understand why these mitzvahs, which are the mitzvahs which bring a person to the realization of Yira, are the mitzvahs which bring to Kedusha. And this is the point. How does a person become Kedusha to be, be Kedusha? There's no action of Kedusha action. It's doing something which gives you Kedusha. Because like we said some before, in the Shalom at the beginning of Mirosa Kedusha, Kedusha is provided by Hashem. Kodesh and Yashem. Hashem is the source of Kedusha. If we attach to Him, then that Kedusha will affect us as well. Similar in the concept we find by the Mizbech. It says, Karanagev and Mizbech Yikdash. Mizbech is Kodesh. Other things which touch it can become Kodesh too. Hashem is Kodesh. Those who connect, who connect to Him, that Kedusha extends to them also. Ki Maktishecho Vikdushascho Kidashto. With your Kedusha, you will Makadish them. With your holiness, you impart holiness to them. So a person can't do Kedusha. A person can be worthy of Kedusha. And what makes a person worthy of Kedusha is the amount he's connected to Asha. And now, for most mitzvahs, if a person is doing the mitzvah, he's connected. When he stops doing the mitzvah, he's not. So it's like a unsteady current. Sometimes it's connected and sometimes it isn't. A person gets up in the morning, he puts on his tablets and fit and he goes to Daven, now he's doing a mitzvah, he's connected. He takes the moth and he thinks about his day at work, he's disconnected. He comes in the afternoon to Daven Mincha, he connects, disconnects, connects, disconnects. That doesn't provide for a steady connection. Whereas if a person is living with a sense of Yerushalayim, which means there's a constant awareness, like I'm standing in front of Hashem, and therefore the way I act has to be something which is appropriate for a person standing in front of Hashem. Like the Ramah brings the beginning of Shulchan Aruch. Shevisti Hashem Tamid is something which a tzaddikim live with always. Because the person, the way he talks and walks and eats and sits when he's in front of his friends and family isn't the same way that he would walk or talk or eat if he's in front of a Melech brother. And if that's the case, that level on the Hashem, of being aware of Hashem's constant presence, means there's a constant connection. There's a constant connection. A person's always connected to Hashem. A person's always feels he's in the presence of Hashem. And I could say even more. A person's always being a kind of mitzvah of Hashem And if that's the case, that's the way to get Kedusha. Because if the connection is constant, then when a person is connected to Hashem, 
So that's what brings the Kedusha with it. And therefore those mitzvahs, which the Shas Maisa, Shabbos, so Yom Kippur, as examples of times, when there's a period of time where a person's involved always in that mitzvah, the whole of Shabbos is keeping Shabbos, the whole of Yom Kippur is keeping Yom Kippur. So it brings the Kedusha which comes with those days. Same thing. The bris mitzvah, which is with the person always. These things bring Kedusha because they're a constant connection to Hashem. That's the matter of, of what the mitzvahs provide us is the opportunity to become Kedusha. And that's something which no other religion can offer. Because spiritual results are only from Hashem. A person, the maximum they can bring themselves to is precious, which means self-abstinence. Or a person can detach himself from physical pleasure. But if that's the case, like the Kazari said so aptly, they feel the Tsar without the Hano which replaces it. They feel the physical deprivation that they've caused themselves, or the pain that they might have inflicted on themselves. And if there's a good feeling about that, it's only from the fact that a person feels he was strong enough to inflict pain on himself, or to withstand pleasure. That's not spiritual. And they won't feel spiritual, because a person can't generate that. That's what, after what we do, that's what our Kodesh Baruch gives us back. And that's what we say in every mitzvah. The Baruch is a Shekid You gave us the Kedusha which comes from doing this mitzvah. It's not something we can do. And that's why Yiddishkeit is like, considered like a live person compared to a dead monument, a dead statue. On the outside, the statue may resemble the person extremely closely. But on the other hand, the statue has no life. And a person's alive. People can create statues. Only Hashem can create a person. People can make counterfeits, counter-religions. Only Hashem can make a religion which is going to have Kedusha connected to it.